Hi, Ooh. and welcome them today. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. Please stand by. Our service will begin shortly. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Darren Shane, your announcer for this, the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinniger, and the acolytes are Carson Ray and Anna Kruger. Today's order of service is at www.trinityfreistadt.com. This broadcast is sponsored by Joe and Loretta Pennington in honor of their 50th wedding anniversary, which was on July the 1st and dedicated to the glory All right, just a few announcements before we begin with worship, worship today. Together. First of all, the nominating committee meeting will take place after church this, this morning. That's over there in the chapel. So if you were on the nominating committee, please meet in the chapel after church. 
Also, Bell practice starts on September the 5th at 5.30 p.m. So if you are in Bells or would like to join, um, September the 5th, 5.30 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Also, uh, for Braille, the uh, Braille, glu- Braille group this week, there, is a, uh, there, there will be a short time today, a short Braille group that will meet this week at the same time because you'll be doing the portals of prayer only. So I, will, I was asked to announce that. Early Childhood Play Day is August the 7th, uh, and that is going to be over in the school. So please mark that down on your calendars. August 8th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. is a CPR class for church and school workers at no cost to them. Also, of, uh, It is also available to the public for a fee of $55. Lunch will be provided, and let Amanda Menning, our principal, know if you are interested in that. That is August the 8th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And our, we will not meet this Thursday for the adult Bible class. This Thursday happens to be my wife's birthday, and I am taking the day off to spend with her. Uh, so there will be no adult Bible class this coming Thursday evening. And I think that is all that we have. Let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this house of worship that you have called us to gather Uh, Lord, we know that none of us are here by accident or by chance, but Lord, only by your Spirit. Uh, And so, Lord, we thank you for that, and we ask that as we worship you now, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. Lord, truly, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. We begin this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
With upright heart, he shepherded them. And guided them with his skillful hand. He commanded the skies above. And opened the doors of heaven. And he rained down on them manna to eat. And gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate of the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, though we do not deserve your goodness, still you provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may acknowledge your gifts, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is from Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 6. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed 
care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their pasture, where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will, be, and be, will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. This is the word of our Lord. of God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, forth forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.
Thank you very much, Bob, for sharing your talent with us. It's now time for all of the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message given today by Mr. Clybaker. Now is a good time, if you have them, to bring up your offering, your Mighty Mites, as well. Carson and Anna, could you guys come help me? Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? I've got a question. Are any of you hungry <laughs> right now? Are you, a pastor must be. <laughs> Do you hear him chuckle? Are any of you hungry? You're not hungry. One, oh, I see some hands that are hungry. Okay. Well, are any of you ever, like, just feel like you're always hungry? Yeah, some of you guys are growing. I know how that feels, too. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's see. Anna, I'm going to have you help me first. I want you to take this bag. And for those of you out there, this is not a University of Missouri uh, 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 advertisement, if you will. It's just the, the easiest bags for me to get. And you know where our hearts lie at the Clybaker household. I want you to take that bag, unzip it, and I just want you to show everybody up front what's in it. Don't talk about it yet. Just look. You know, there were some folks in the Bible that were hungry at different times. Can you think of anybody that was hungry? Bible stories that you've read or heard or seen? What's an example? How about the very first people? Adam and Eve. Were they ever hungry? Yeah. What did they eat? See that, uh, that... Jesus didn't say in the garden. Boy, that's very good, Cohen. They ate from the trees of the garden, but they also ate from the one they weren't supposed to, right? Kind of got them in a little bit of trouble. And we're all guilty along with them on some of that. How about somebody else? Have you guys ever heard of Jacob and Esau, the two brothers? Do you remember that story? Which one of them was hungry? Esau was hungry. Jacob made a big pot of stew, and you know what Esau did? He traded everything he was supposed to inherit from his mom and dad for a bowl of stew. He was so hungry. Now, I don't know about you guys. I love a good beef stew, but I don't think I would trade everything I'm supposed to inherit for a, beef, for a bowl of stew. Would you? No, probably not. How about other times? Do you remember the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness? Did they get hungry? And what did God do for them? He sent down manna and quail. Exactly. Were they happy about that? Yeah, they were, some of them were probably pretty happy to get some food. Some of them kind of grumbled a little bit. It wasn't their favorite food. So, well, goodness gracious. People get hungry, don't we? And sometimes we get our favorite foods and sometimes we don't. What was in the bag that Anna was carrying? Dylan. Fish and bread. 
Did you happen to see how many breads there were? Five loaves of bread. You want to pull that out and hold it up, Anna, so that everybody out here can see what... Why, is, what, why would I have five loaves of bread this morning? <laughs> Miss Robin, they said, because I wanted to make hot dogs. Maybe there's an idea for lunch. Well, I was wanting to illustrate something else. Okay, Carson, you hold the five loaves of bread, and why don't you pull out the next thing? Yes, and I apologize. There's supposed to be two fish. That's right. I could only find one in Dylan's bedroom. (laughs) Big mouth Billy Bass, he kind of gets to be the token fish this morning. Well, so what are we talking about with five loaves of bread and two fish? What's that? When Jesus feeds over 5,000 people. When Jesus fed 5,000 people. 5,000 people, that's more people that are in Freistadt, that's more people that are in Monette or Mount Vernon, right? That's a lot of people that had come out to see Jesus. They were excited. He was doing miracles. He was curing their diseases and their illnesses and making people who couldn't walk, walk again. They totally forgot to pack a picnic lunch. They were so excited about seeing Jesus. And so, Jesus fed them. Amazingly, a little boy, maybe about your size, had five loaves of bread and two small fishes, and Jesus did a miracle, didn't he? And he fed them with all of that food so much. Do you remember? They had more, didn't they, Maddie? Do you remember how much more they had? How, who remembers? Just say it. Baskets. Twelve baskets. Twelve baskets full of leftovers. They had enough for lunch the next day, didn't they? Jesus takes care of us, doesn't he? When we're hungry, he takes care of us. He fed the children of Israel. He saw to it Adam and Eve had something to eat. He sees to it that even children here in the United States of America have some food. How wonderful is that? But you know what else he feeds us? He feeds us with faith. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Those are the next part of that story about feeding the 5,000. And Jesus builds our faith through how? Baptism, very good. For the adults that are confirmed in our church, what happens behind the altar? Communion, right? And then also through God's Word, the Bible. He feeds our faith. That's all the way God planned it. He lets us get a little hungry, And that way, then, he can feed us, both physically and spiritually, and we need to thank him for that. So bow your heads, and we'll uh, we'll say a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for so many good foods. We all have our favorite foods we like to eat, and we're so grateful that you give them to us. But we know, too, that the most important thing you do for us is that you feed us spiritually. Help us remember that, Jesus, you are the bread of life. And that life is our opportunity to spend eternity with you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask one of you all to grab the other bag. How about, Carson, won't you do that? And stop by Carson. Make sure you ask mom and dad when you get back to the pew before you open this up. But a little treat for you this morning to hopefully help you get by in case, those of you that had your hands up, that you were a little hungry.
All right? Listen to the gospel lesson and what pastor has to say in the sermon and have a good rest of your Sunday. This whole reading today is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Therefore remember that formerly you, were, you are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier. He divided the wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with his commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him... We both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow Christians with God's people and members of God's household. But on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, in him the, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is the word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel this morning, according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Sorry, the 6th chapter. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. 
When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not be enough bread to would not be enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. This is the gospel of our Lord.
Would you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read. Jesus feeds 5,000 men, uh, and as we will find out soon, it was way more than 5,000 people that he fed that day. One of the greatest stories in the Old Testament, a real gem of a story, is taken from 1 Kings chapter 17, in which the prophet Elijah is sent by God to Zarephath. And in Zarephath, God tells Elijah, you will be fed by a widow there. He doesn't give him any more explanation than that. Doesn't tell him what kind of a situation that he's going to be getting himself into. He just says, go to Zarephath and there you will be fed. And so Elijah goes. And when he goes, he meets the widow and says to her, please give me something to eat, and something to drink. And the widow, Elijah doesn't know this, but the widow tells Elijah, I only have enough flour to make a meal one more time, for one more meal, for my son and I, and then after we eat it, we're going to die, because that's all that I have. And this is Elijah's response to the widow. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. It says that she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The widow thought that that was going to be her last meal, and it wasn't. Because what Elijah prophesied to her came true that the jug of oil would not be used up, that the jar of flour would not be used up either. And so every time that this widow would put her hand into this jar to take out more flour, it just was a never-ending sort of stream of flour. And the oil did not run dry either. God not only provided for her, but he provided in excess more than she ever thought was going to to be possible because then the rains came and then she was able to be provided for after the rains came as well, just as God had told her through the prophet Elijah. And that's a great lead-in and a great segue into our text for this morning. Jesus feeds 5,000 men. And we know from the text, but also from the culture at that time, that whenever you were talking about number of people, you only counted the men. You didn't count the women 
and the children. And so what scholars have done is that they have determined that the men, which was 5,000, along with the women and the children combined, was somewhere around eight to 9,000 people. Now, I think that the population of Monet is somewhere around 9,000-ish, okay? So he was able, so let's just say for example's sake that he was able to feed the entire population of Monet with five loaves of bread and two fish. And so let's take a look at this, and we're going to kind of unpack it as we go along, because there's lots in here that needs to be talked about. Verse 1, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. That crossing was about four miles long. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. This great crowd has seen him do other things, like healing a man at the, at the pool. And like changing water into wine. And they have seen all of these signs, and in the signs that Jesus does and did in the Gospel of John is a theme that you will see throughout. We see it, first of all, in John chapter 2, verse 11. This, this being the water changing into wine, the first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. But then, but then at the end of his gospel, John is not content with just sort of leaving his readers with just, okay, so what, are the, what exactly do these signs mean? Because if you look then at John chapter 20, if you have your Bible, John chapter 20, Verse 30, again, he says this. He says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. And then in verse 31, he talks about the purpose of what the signs are. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And so, The crowd is following Jesus because of these signs that he is performing. And they are so determined to follow him and so determined to see what comes next that this distance to walk around the lake, remember that Jesus sailed through across the lake, a distance of about four miles. To walk around the lake is nine miles to get to where they were to the point to to where Jesus was. And so they followed him. Verse 3, Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. Verse 4, the Passover feast was near. This is not a small antidote that John adds. It's not just a throw-in. The Passover was the greatest feast in Jewish culture. And John wants us to know that this feast was at hand. It was the eve of that feast. And on the eve of that feast, Jesus feeds Jesus feeds about 9,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. As a foretaste of what was going to come in just a few hours before he would die on the cross. The Last Supper. Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Take and drink, this is my blood shed for you. He is about to make what he is going to do Here, with 9,000 people, he is about to make that look like child's play compared to what he is going to do with his disciples at the Last Supper. 
Verse 5, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, we already know what Philip is going to answer. He asked this only to test him because he knew what he was going to say. Philip answers, well, in a way that probably a lot of us would, with doubt, with skepticism. Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Eight months' wages. The people at this time did not get paid very much anyway, and so you can kind of gain some context on how big of a deal that it would be for all of these people to eat. Because for them to eat in a regular way, eight months' wages has not even come close to covering it. And then John sort of pits Philip's answer against another disciple's answer, Andrew. And Andrew sounds a little bit more hopeful. Another, verse 8, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with, small, with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? And so Philip's like, there's no way that this is possible. And then Andrew comes up, and in his hand, he's got the hand of a small boy, and says, here, this little boy has enough for his lunch, but how is that going to be enough to feed all of these people? It's important to note also that the boy had five small barley loaves. Barley was the least expensive, was the cheapest way to make bread at this time. And this gives us insight into the important context surrounding this account. Usually, when somebody was making bread, they would, they would use wheat flour instead of barley. But barley was more abundant, and, and, it, was, and it was that uh, kind of bread that the poor people ate the most, because it was what they could afford to Go a little bit further to explain just how poor that these people were. They were literally hand-to-mouth people. What does that mean? Every day they woke up and worked for what they were going to eat that day. And then they would wake up the next day and do the same thing all over again. Every day. Every day they would wake up knowing, I've got to get up, I've got to work, because if I want to eat today, I've got to work in order to make that happen. Verse 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. John gives us an allusion to Psalm 23. There was plenty of green, I'm sorry, there was plenty of grass in that place. Remember what Psalm 23 says, he leads me in quiet pastures, he restores my soul, etc., Verse 11, Jesus then, took the, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. This is why, I, or one reason why, I began this message with the story of the widow at Zarephath. Because we don't really know exactly what it looked like for, this, for these loaves of bread to multiply and for these two fishes to multiply, but as close as we can come, it was kind of like the widow. She would keep putting her hand in the jar, and the flour would just never run out. Verse 12, 
When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. Again, remember that these were hand-to-mouth people. They just ate so much food that they couldn't fill their bellies anymore. They were stuffed. And and these 9,000 people, these stuffed full of food people, there was so much that Jesus gave that there was 12 basketfuls that was left over. Hang on to that because that's going to be important a little bit later. Verse 13, so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the, with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had, who had eaten. And now we get to where the point of our text comes. Verse 14, after the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is, come in, who is to come into the world. This is the guy. This is the guy who is going to provide for us. This is the one who was prophesied about all of those years ago in all of the books about him that we have read and heard stories about. This is the guy. But we have to remember one very important thing. Why do they think that he is the guy? Because their bellies are full. Because he has provided for them because they have seen him perform these miraculous signs in the past and sees that he is a provider. He gives to them for their physical needs so that they do not want any longer, at least to some of them. But then in verse 15, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. He wouldn't let it happen. He wasn't about to let them make him king. And do you know why? Because their bellies were full. Because they thought that he was coming to provide for their physical needs and their physical needs only. They stopped looking at the giver and instead focused on the gift. They were so enthralled and so mesmerized by this miracle that had just happened, like all of us would be. They were so mesmerized by this miracle that had happened that they had completely lost sight of the one who gave it. Yes, this one, he is going to be the king. Why? Because my belly's full and because he has provided for me and he has provided for so many other people. But Jesus wasn't about to let that happen. Because the kind of king that Jesus was to become, who is, is not a bread king. Is not somebody who has come only to take care of their physical needs. If you look at the Gospel of Luke, every single miracle that happens has one singular purpose. Just like John. One singular purpose. It is about pointing to the healer, pointing to the giver, pointing to the one who is doing all of these miraculous things and not the miracles themselves, as wonderful and as awesome as they are. They had forgotten the giver and instead focused solely on the gift and the fact that their bellies were full, and that's why they followed him. That's why they walked nine miles around the lake 
to see him because he had provided for their physical needs. Now, before we criticize the people at that time too much, let's, let's turn this back on, on, our, on ourselves. The times in which you pray, the times in which you talk to God, if you were to sit here right now or to take this coming week and to ponder this, sort of take an inventory of your prayers. When were the times that you prayed to him? Was it, was, was it when you needed something? Was it when you were facing a really difficult moment and said, God, please help? Or was it when you were needing something else and said, God, please provide for this? And then when times are happy, when times are joyful, how's your prayer life then? My guess is, is that most of us find ourselves really only praying to Him when we need something. When we want our physical needs met, just like the people in this text. But he is more than just a physical gift giver, and we know that. We know that inside of our, of our hearts, but our actions speak differently. We lose sight of the giver instead we lose sight of the giver and instead focus on the gift. Now, praying for your needs is not a bad thing. Don't confuse what I'm saying here. God wants us to pray to him in, in all situations. No matter what the case might be, he wants us to talk to him. That's why he commanded us to pray. To pray to him is not gospel, it is in fact law. You, I want you to pray to me. When you pray, he says, pray like this, and then he gives the people the Lord's Prayer. But he is the one who was able to afford what we couldn't. Go, go back in your text with me to Philip's answer. Verse 7. Eight months' wages would not be enough bread, would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. They couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford to eat. They couldn't afford what they needed. But Jesus could. And he did. And he gave what they could not. He gave to them what they could not get for themselves. He paid that price. He paid that cost. We talked about this this morning in Bible class, how all of us, every single one of us, from little babies to our seniors, we are all needy people. A Christian cannot... In good conscience, a Christian cannot call himself or herself a self-made person. Why? Because we pray what the Lord's Prayer says. Give us this day what? Our daily bread. Everything that you and I have comes from the Lord. The blessings that we receive daily, the food that is in our stomachs, the money that we have to support ourselves, the roof over our heads, our families, everything that we have comes from Him. 
Let us not lose sight of the giver in favor of the gifts. Let us remember that it was he who gave what we couldn't afford. Our sin was and is so great that our sacrifice would not have been enough to pay for it. Only the sacrifice of the one who was perfect, only the sacrifice of the one who had never sinned, was worth enough to pay that price. And so we did. And so he paid that price for you and for me. He paid what you and I couldn't afford. And then not only did, did he pay it, but there were, to use the verse from this text, there, were, there are, are 12 basketfuls left over. There is an excess of what God gives to us in Christ. That his death on the cross at Calvary was was not just a one-time event. Yes, it happened at that moment. But the forgiveness of sins that happens after that is a daily thing, is an everyday thing. Every Sunday when we partake of the Lord's Supper, it is the excess that God is giving to us in Christ. Every time that we sin and we read in his word that I am no longer counting your sins against you, they have been removed as far as the east is from the west. That's the excess. That's the abundance. That's the 12 basketfuls that are left over. And he gives it to you because you are his, because you are his child. How many of you as parents have ever given in to your child when he says I want when he or she says I want one more toy or one more thing it's happened to me Our heavenly father through his son Jesus gives in excess every single day The forgiveness of your sins happens every single day making you whole happens every single day Not because of how you feel about whatever it is, but because of how God felt and feels, present tense, about you. That you are worth dying for. That your life is so valuable to Him. That He shed His blood for you. And that He gives in excess. Daily forgiveness. I mean, if we wanted to, we could do daily Lord's Supper. If you are a baptized child of God, this is why in the Nicene Creed that we confess, and I believe in one baptism for the remission of sins. Why? Because you only need one. Because God gives in excess. It's every single day you are made whole. Every single day you are forgiven of your sins. Every single day you are made a brand new child of God. Regardless of how you you, you have failed in this last week as a mother or a daughter or a father or a husband, no matter what your vocation is. Our Heavenly Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ, has given and continues to give in excess of His love. Twelve basketfuls that are left over. He has not taken care of just our physical needs but most especially our spiritual needs, 
our need to be forgiven, our need to be loved by our Heavenly Father. I close with these words from Jesus himself when he is talking about the lilies of the field. And he's talking about why do you worry? Why do you worry about this and that? Don't don't worry because each day has enough trouble of its own. Look at the lilies of the field. Look how beautiful that they are. Look at the sparrows. Look at the birds of the air. Look how God provides for them. And how much more valuable are you than they are? I have taken care of your physical needs. How much more daily, every day, in excess, have I and will I take care of your eternal needs? And so he has, and so we thank him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed, as is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill in that red sign-in book that is in your pew, whether you are a member or a guest with us. Those who receive it on the windows, please send it back to the aisle, and those who are in the aisle, tear off the top sheet and put it on top of the red book. We collect our tithes and offerings. During our offering, we will have special music provided to us by Betty Sawyer and Amanda Mitty, a piano duet entitled Near the Cross.
In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember to pray for. For those on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Ernest Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dotson, Elda Nelson, Bob Yelinek, Mark Felwalk, Lorne Clybaker, Linda Wee, Gary Magruder, Thelma Barnes, Emma Conklin, Nick Prater, Gary Kahneman, uh, who was in a serious car accident, and for Brenda Lawmaster, who will be having more surgery. Please stand as we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for your miracle of feeding five. Reminds us to not look at the gift, but the giver. You are the one who gives what we cannot afford and gives in excess of your gifts. Help us not just to turn to you when we need something, but to turn to you in every season. Lord, in your mercy, for the whole family of God in Christ Jesus, Lord, that all of his baptized children be strengthened with power through his Spirit in our inner being, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we may be rooted and grounded in love. Lord, in your mercy, for the leaders of our nation, all public servants and all in the armed forces, that they be given grace to fulfill their varied callings with honor, courage, wisdom, and integrity. Lord, in your mercy, for all in need, the sick, the sorrowing, the lonely, the injured, and the dying, especially for those on our health list and for all that we name before you in our hearts. That Jesus would ever be their health and sickness, their peace and turmoil, their joy and sorrow, and their life and death. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. We pray to you that by your Spirit that you would enable them to remain faithful to each other for those who are celebrating their anniversaries, that you would help them to remain faithful to each other and to the vows that they have made. Uplift them in their love for one another and especially their love for you. Also, Lord, we pray for all who have birthdays, and we thank you for sustaining them in this life to this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon them every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, your son once set a feast in a desolate place, miraculously multiplying five loaves and two fish to feed a multitude. Through the miracle of the sacrament, he continues to bless, break, and give his own a heavenly feast, the gift of his own body and blood for our forgiveness. Give us faith as we meet him at his table, that we may ever greet him as a Lord who is our righteousness. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places 
Give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he has now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory the Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacraments, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. <clears throat> Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
distribution hymn, so is Word of God Come Down on Earth, number 545 in the Lutheran Service Book.
Please stand. Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Darren Shane.
At this time, I'd like to invite the Lutheran Youth Fellowship to come forward and to tell us about their uh, week at Higher Things a couple of weeks ago. Please come to the lectern and uh, let's make sure that their microphone is on so we can all hear them. This is um, the OIF's time to tell you about the things that they learned and they gained from higher things. But one real quick thing I'd like to say is that we have a lot of uh, several high school students that haven't been able to go on the trips with us or attend higher things. And I want you all to know, every single one of you, that you are already members of LYF and you're welcome to come to any and all of our events that we have, whether that be the trip, the dinners, the fun events, anything that you're able to come to. Uh, these kids all can't always get to everything either. So if you're just thinking you're too busy with jobs and stuff, I understand that. But just try to come sometime to uh, f- some of the fun events and maybe talk to some of the kids about the Uh, things that are going on that you might like to attend. So I just want to make sure you all know you are invited to do those things. I'm going to turn it over to the kids. Okay, so I'm Jackson Clybaker. This is my third year on the trip. So uh, This trip was, again, amazing. Uh, Literally the only bad thing was that our dorms were half a mile away from the breakaway rooms, and it was uphill both ways. So... (laughs) Other than that, the conference was just amazing. Um, Usually, we go to a cool place before we get to the conference, like just as a little side trip. So last year, we went to Mount Rushmore, which was awesome. And even though it's really hard to follow up Mount Rushmore, uh, the Arabia did a great job. It was a ferry that sunk in the Missouri River when it got hit by a snag. There's some great stories there, but don't think I have time for all of them, so... Um, so my favorite breakaway was called how to stay Christian during college. He threw a lot of stats at us and stuff like that. But one thing that stuck with me was there were kids that had atheist professors at Christian colleges. So that just tells me that no matter where you go, what you do, you're going to be tested and you got to just got to be able to stick with it. Uh, thank you for the support that helps us send help send us on this trip each year, and I definitely look forward to going next year. Hi, I'm Dane Minning. This is my third year going to LYF. Move the mic over. Okay. This year was a very fun trip for all of us, I feel. Um... Like Jackson said, we went to the Arabia before we got there, and that was a really, just a really cool opportunity to get to see something that, like some part of history like that. Um, my favorite breakaway was Jesus as the Exorcist, and it talks about like how we can like, I guess, help in like the church and stuff, and like talked about angels and how they protected the Garden of Eden and everything, and I really enjoyed that. I think my favorite part of this trip was getting to meet all the new people from around the country and getting to, like, play basketball with them, go to breakaways and stuff with them. And I just wanted to thank all of you guys for donating the money and the time to help us get up there. And I wanted to thank Mr. and Mrs. Hansen for driving us up there and putting up with our car games as we go up there. So thank you, guys. I'm Jack Goodman. This is my first year going to the Higher Things trip. Um, my favorite breakaway was also Jesus the Exorcist. I learned that 
If you're baptized, you can't be possessed unless you invite Satan in. And I thought that was really cool to learn because it just shows how powerful Christ is. And my favorite part of the trip was the evening prayer when everyone was like singing together and just like coming together and celebrating the Lord. So I just wanted to thank everyone for making us able to go and it was fun. I'm Peyton Minning, and this is my first year going to LYF. First of all, I'd like to thank the congregation for supporting us on our trip to the Higher Thanks Conferences. We all learned a lot on this trip. It's hard to pick just one thing to talk about. It was something that I wish the whole congregation could have experienced. I was very blessed to be able to go on this trip, and I would... And I would uh, go next year if I had the chance to. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dallas Clybaker. Uh, this is my fifth and final year on the trip. I've enjoyed every year. Uh, this year was absolutely fantastic, whether the breakaway sessions that they've mentioned, uh, the plenaries. Um, they talked a lot about the old Adam, as Pastor mentioned last year or last, last week during his sermon. Uh, the speakers were phenomenal, and um, it was just a great trip again. But each year, my favorite my favorite part about the trip is just going to church with such a large number of people. Whether you're singing or confessing your faith through um, the Apostles' Creed or saying the Lord's Prayer, it's it's unreal how uh, just controlling it is. Whenever there's 945 people in a small room, and it, it almost sends chills down your back just because uh, that many people confessing their faith at the same time is a surreal moment, and it's, re- it's really neat to experience. Um, thank you guys again for all your support over the last five years. Uh, it's, I've really enjoyed all these trips. Uh, whether we're traveling halfway across the country or just going three hours away, we always enjoy our time together, and I'm going to miss these guys a lot. So thank you. My name is Vanson, and this is my first year on the trip. And my favorite part of the trip was the uh, worship services, because when they sang and stuff, it was really loud and cool to hear everyone singing at the same time. And I'm really excited to go next year. Hi, my name is Victoria Trochi, and this was my third year attending Higher Things. And it's been such a blessing to be able to go and learn more about God's Word. The breakaways I went to covered a lot of topics and made some really good points. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was that one to two-thirds of Christian students would leave church after high school. And it was also, there was a study shown in 2016 that 70% abandon their faith altogether once they leave for college. And that really stuck out to me because I'll be going off to college soon. And so they gave a lot of helpful tips of how to deal with them and how to keep going in the faith and keep going to church even when times get rough and when you get tested. And also... The singing was one of my favorite things, and the evening prayer, I really enjoyed those. 
And overall, Kansas 2018 was a great experience. And I am so thankful to be able to go. And I want to thank Mr. and Mrs. Hansen for putting up with us and getting us back safely. And they're really good drivers, so thank you. And also, thank you to you guys for giving us a chance to go. Thank you. Uh, my name is Catherine, and first of all, I would like to thank the congregation and our youth leaders for making this trip possible. Uh, the whole conference was absolutely amazing, and I can't even find the words to describe it. The plenaries were amazing, and the breakaway sessions were just as amazing. One of the things that I had learned from a breakaway session was that most of pro-life decisions uh, should be trusted in the Lord. I had lots of fun throughout the whole conference, and I had even made a few good friends as well. Again, I would like to say thank you to the congregation and the youth leaders for making this trip possible, and I am sure that the youth coming into this group will enjoy all of the trips to come. My name is Hannah. This is my third year going. This year we went to Kansas for a trip. The conference in general was held at the University of Kansas. There's one thing you should know about this group. Most of us are Mizzou fans. Needless to say, when Mrs. Hansen made us take a picture by the chicken hawk, oh, sorry, excuse me, the Jayhawk statue, we all had our thumbs down or were sticking our tongues out. Don't worry, though. We got some good pictures. I think the best part about every conference is just in hearing everyone singing together and listening, and half the time you can't even hear the organ over everyone singing. It's just amazing. Um, my favorite breakaway was how to stay Lutheran in college. The vicar's main point was to help you stay Lutheran in college was to pray every day and to go to a good Lutheran church, even if you can only make it every other week. I want to thank everyone for supporting and praying for us. These trips are always so much fun. You lose a lot of sleep. You jump around on trampolines and play some basketball. But in the long run, you learn so much that will stay with you forever. Hi, my name is Vera McRoberts, and this is my third year coming to this conference. Every year, I, I tend to have lots of fun. It's, it's a really great experience. Uh, oh, man. Uh, I'd like to give, say thanks to everyone who helped us get to Kansas and do the things that we did. It was a really great experience. Before we got there, we usually do a fun thing like a lot of the boys said. We went to this amazing museum about this boat that sank, which was really cool. There, I found a magnet with my name on it. It's very uncommon when, you're, when you have the name of an 85-year-old woman. <laughs> um, but, and then after that, we're like, not world of fun, it's too hot, let's go to Sky Zone. I am old. <laughs> oh, like, that's a young person's place. I'm like 12. <laughs> uh, okay, now to the conference. The conference is one of the greatest experiences I've had in my entire life, from the church services to the breakaways. I think my favorite breakaway is anyone done by Pastor Borkhart because he is just an amazing guy. I actually got a picture with him, but it's not printed. Uh, I was in the choir this year. 
this is my first time in the choir there, and man, was I blown away. Like, I've, I've always loved singing, and I've sung in, like, my first, like, big choir Easter Sunday here, this Easter Sunday, and going from that to there, I can't compare them because they're both lovely. Um, also, walking was a really, really big thing. <laughs> um, one day, I walked over 20,000 steps. Wow. Okay, before my aunt glares at me and you're like, taking too long, I'd like to thank you all again, and I'd like to thank Miss Hansen and Mr. Hansen for getting us there safely. Keyword, safety. Safely, sorry. We didn't hit anything this time. Yay! <laughs> but thank you all for the wonderful experience, and if you have any questions, just come ask. Thank you. I do not hit things. I don't know what you're talking about. I might have backed up a little too far, just and touched a little bit on that one pole, just that little bit. I'd like Dallas to come up here for a second. Um, while he's coming up, I'm going to read this because I might cry. Um, this is for Dallas in appreciation of your dedication and leadership, leadership in Trinity Lutheran Youth Fellowship as a president and vice president. And I'm sure he was some other things too, but I couldn't remember what they all were. Um, it has a Bible verse on it, and it, it's not a lot. It's just a little thing, but I just want him to have this. Do you want to read that? And um, I want him to take that with him to college, or at least the memory of it with him to college, because college is really tough on kids. And uh, going to the higher things, and first of all, back up, going to school at our school, going to Sunday school, coming to LYF and all the things, coming to church on a regular basis and taking communion, going through confirmation, all of those things prepare our kids. But they still get out there, and it's hard on their faith. And so to have as much to take with them as possible. When they go to the higher things, it just strengthens the faith that you all have given to your children. It's nothing that I have done. It's what you have done raising your children. I just get them there. And the pastors that are there do so much for our kids and their faith. And just to strengthen that. Plus, it's a lot of fun. But the first purpose of being there is is to go to, we have matins every day, we have vespers every day, we have our breakaways, we have the speakers that we go to. They're all pastors who teach that. And then at 11 o'clock at night, after they've had some fun, they show up and do compline which is singing and more prayers and getting ready for bed and discussing the things that they've done through the day. You know, what kids voluntarily do that at 11 o'clock at night? They're all there. They're where they're supposed to be, and they share important things about their life and the things that they've learned. So I just really appreciate that we still get to take these kids every year and that you support us to do so. And I'm going to see if Dallas has anything else he wants to say. I'd just like to say one more thank you, uh, specifically to Miss Hanson and Stan. I don't know where Stan is, but um, they've done a phenomenal job leading this group for as long as I've been here, and I'm extremely thankful to have them in my life, uh, as well as all of you. Uh, God bless, and have a good Sunday. Thank you. I have one more thing I have to talk about. Oh, go ahead. Um, I'm going to take a picture of the kids and him after you all leave, so I'm not going to keep you, but we'll do that. I just wanted to talk about the singing game in the van. They have, like, the best voices in the world, and, and Dallas 
gets them going, and they, they do this singing game, and it's just such a blast to hear them doing that. I laugh, and I'm driving, and I can hear the things they're talking about and the things they're singing, and it's just hilarious to hear that. So it, it was one of the fun highlights of our trip, and we have to keep doing that every year, guys. I guess that Jackson can take that over, right? That'll be good. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, youth and the Hansons. Um, as much as uh, we have blessed you guys, uh, you guys are much more of a blessing to us, and we thank you for that, and we thank you that you are a part of this body of Christ that we have. So thank you guys also. Uh, it's now time for us to dismiss. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. <laughs>